You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, though, man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. We got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown sixth pass touchdown of again. the game. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, we are going to talk about a Miami Dolphins football game. Certainly not going to earn any awards for prettiest game you've ever seen in your life, but there's going to be a lot to chew on, including plenty of players who stood out, some things to debate about competition and battles and all that fun stuff. Plus, we'll do the five flagship takeaways and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel. All of that and more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is... That's another Miami Dolphins. Let's go ahead and kick this show off with a statement from Coach McDaniel that I think was the most important part of the entire day. Yeah, he's doing good. Yeah, no, it was uh, a midsection injury that... um, you know, sometimes you have uh, guys that end up coming up with an injury after, in the middle of camp, after having a tremendous off season. That that's kind of what Jalen has had uh, from OTAs. The onset, he's come to work and done some really good things. Um, so you never want to see anyone ever get injured, um, but he's banked enough quality reps that I'm really not worried um, about his uh, participation within the offense. Um, so I'm fortunate that it's not something that I don't, that will be a long-term deal. But uh, he's, he's steadily rehabbing um, and working with the trainers, which fires me up. That is obviously Mike McDaniel talking about Jalen Waddle, who, of course, uh, he was injured in the last practice we had out here, and Coach was asked about it after the game on Friday night, and that's your answer there. So it sounds like Jalen should be okay. We'll uh, get you updated more when we have more information on that. Let's go ahead and talk about a football game here because the Dolphins lose the Week 1 preseason opener to the Atlanta Falcons, a 19-3 to final from Hard Rock Stadium. Let's go ahead and take a look at the, the autopsy, as it were, here. Uh, of this game and you know we'll hear from coach in a moment here about where he thinks things broke down as far as where the scoreboard wound up but Miami had more yards than the Atlanta Falcons offensively 317 to 227 actually and really you look at the entire you know game book in terms of numbers 20 to 13 in first downs three for 10 versus three for 12 on third down in favor of the Miami Dolphins uh, 0 for 2 on the fourth downs obviously both of those in the red zone which is something we'll talk about here but more total yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards, more plays ran. Uh, the four turnovers is where the game really swung in favor of the Atlanta Falcons. But I think that when you look at this game, it was pretty even back and forth throughout the first you know, three and a half quarters and Miami's inability to capitalize on some of the red zone looks they had. And I thought they had chances to, to make some of those plays happen. Two of the red zone failures were fourth down failures and 
One of the throws I thought was a chance to hit Tyler Croft in the corner of the end zone by Mike White. The ball got tipped into the air, but Devon A-Chain had a chance for a cut block on a blitzer, and he missed it, and that blitzer got his hand on the football. If you hit that block, you have a chance to throw a clean touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. Another one to Braxton Berrios on a little mesh concept where they got the linebacker in some peril and kind of rubbed him uh, with a DB who was covering Braxton Berrios. We'll talk more about Braxton Berrios here in a moment, but I thought White had him open in the end zone, and you know, not wide open, but NFL open where Berrios had him stacked on his back and the ball's a little bit behind, and that gives the DB all he needs to catch up and get a hand on the football. So those two plays right there with, you know, a late pick six that gets tipped into the air, a late pump return that gets ran back for a touchdown, uh, that's that's the that's the game right there. And you're going to hear Coach talk about process over results, but using the results to kind of teach and learn some things. I think the Dolphins have a good chance to learn some things from this game after going back and watching the tape and realizing – four or five plays can really change a game in the NFL. That's kind of a lesson from this game I take away is that Miami played well and consistent throughout the course of the game to, you know, keep the scoreboard what it was as a 6 nothing, 6-3 ball game. And again, could have been, you know, 14-6 to or 17-6 to if the red zone had gone a little bit better. They didn't, and that's a teaching lesson to learn how in this league, if you don't capitalize on those opportunities that are right there for you, you'll find yourself on the wrong side of the scoreboard. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach, who met with the media after the game. This was an opening statement before they asked questions to Mike McDaniel. Did you guys enjoy that the, the clinic? <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, uh, I, 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 don't, I hope it doesn't get lost. It was, a, um, it was a really cool defensive effort from a lot of guys that haven't been here very, very long. So proud of the players and coaches for that. And, uh, yeah, you're going to lose football games when you're over 3 in the red zone. And you give up a pick six and a punt return touchdown. But overall, uh, I'm fired up to be here, guys. So let's go ahead and do five takeaways from the game. We're going to do this after every single Miami Dolphins football game in season. Going to be a little more in-depth on the takeaways because you can learn more from regular season football and kind of give yourself a big-picture thought after a game as we like to do, you know, as as media and fans too, where every single game is an event of itself and you have to kind of forecast, you know, big-picture takeaways from each game. But in the preseason, not so much, but I want to stay true to the format here and kind of give you five thoughts I had coming out of that game. And look, I've always been this way, going back to, you know, the 2016 season covering this team on Lockdown Dolphins, where the exhibition season for me is about finding standouts and highlights and star, not stars, but stars of the game that you think can carry that production over into the regular season and help your team come September because his game's in August. No one cares about the standings in August. Well, let's find out what we can do to make the team better in September. That's always been my approach. So just kind of have that mindset going into the takeaways here because number one, and we'll, again, we'll talk about the individuals shortly, but I thought the ability of the offense in a game situation to create opportunities and scheme up plays for guys showed up a little bit today. You know, Eric Ezukama had the two carries for 50 two yards, I think it was, and 39 of those on the one rush that he took around the edge and showed you the run after catch ability that he has. There was the third down conversion to Miles Gaskin in the big game that he had where they short motioned him against a linebacker who didn't really follow him to the to the wide side of the field, to the, to the side of the field that he went to on that motion and kind of gives you a little tip there as a quarterback or, you know, anybody in the offense that 
hey, they don't have a guy for him, or maybe they're in zone coverage or man coverage based upon how they moved. They short motion him. He gets a free release into the flat, and it's an easy pitch and catch for him to Mike or from Mike White to Miles to move the chains and get that first down. They're like really easy pickings. A quick screen to Devon A chain where he was able to pick his way through some traffic and pick up a first down. There was a Texas route to A chain later in the game again on a linebacker. You know, if, if A chain's running for the outside shoulder of that linebacker. He better flip his hips and get committed to going vertical that way. And the minute he does that, A-chain breaks it back across his face and catches a pass, takes a hit, first down. Loved the toughness we saw from Devon A-chain in this game. So the offense's ability, when they have a chance to scheme things up in a regular season game, that's what I'm excited to see because I thought we saw you know, the offensive line struggled late in this game particularly to protect the quarterback. And Skyler was you know tough as hell back there taking some shots and getting back up and, and staying in the game and staying with it. And we heard from him post game. He was very, you know, just, I love hearing Skylar communicate after a game, you know, the way he sees the game and kind of um, taking things, his own accountability of things, even though, you know, some of those pockets were, he'd had no chance in some of those pockets. So I just, I thought that his ability to kind of bounce back and, and, you know, be Skylar Thompson was important there at the end, but to give him a chance to, to go out and, and compete against, you know, and coach mentioned this as well as might see an opportunity next week where Skyler and Mike flip their, you know, game script and give Skyler a chance to run with some more of the, I guess, higher up the depth chart part of the roster versus Mike White, who got to play first tonight, flip those guys next week and maybe get a better look at that. And we'll talk about the quarterback competition uh, for that number two job here in just a moment. But in general, you know, the opportunity to scheme things up for your offense is, is where I think this offense goes from, you know, a bunch of highly talented players that, didn't get to see a lot of those guys tonight in terms of the, the main components of your offense, but you take it from a bunch of guys playing football to like all of a sudden it's a chess match and you have a guy like Mike McDaniel putting all together to really make those pieces hum and work together in harmony. That was a kind of a, a small takeaway I had from this game just in those few plays. Number two is, is similar. It's the continuity of the offense plus newcomers uh, or new contributors, I should say, as well on offense that could have a real impact. Braxton Berrios was a guy that I thought was really good in this game. Eric Ezukama, obviously a really good uh, opening night in the preseason here in the 2023 season, a guy that didn't play a lot last year in the regular season. That's why I call him a newcomer, new contributor, a guy that could potentially contribute for you this year. I thought there was a good glimpse of that on the offensive side. Number three, and you heard Coach allude to it in that opening statement about some of the defensive players that just got here. I thought it was impressive for Deshaun Hand to show up and play as much as he did and really provide, you know, a, a good look at a very strong candidate for the next guy after Wilkins, Sealer, and Raekwon. Because we know what we have in those three guys, right? And, and Coach Fangio talked about that a little bit, how we know those three guys are good players and they're going to give us lots of snaps this year. But what's what's beyond that in the depth? And you have a bunch of guys that are fighting for, for roles on this team that don't have a lot of NFL experience. Well, insert Deshaun Hand, who's played in that role pretty much his whole career with the Detroit Lions. I thought he looked really good in this game, played a bunch of snaps, showed you he's in shape, and Coach alludes to that in, in his, uh, his press conference. That's a big sign to me because that was a spot where Who's going to be the guy that kind of played that John Jenkins role last year? I think Deshaun Hand really put his best foot forward to say, hey, that might be me going forward. Uh, takeaway number four, I noted the penalties. Uh, eight for 72 in this game. It's something, of course, that the Dolphins have emphasized. The operation 
and just making sure the whole thing is cleaner from a penalty standpoint. And that's kind of the kind of stuff that can really, you know, bog down drives. There was a holding call on Elijah Higgins that I didn't like it. I didn't agree with it. I thought it was a little bit soft in the perimeter, but it took away a big play and put Miami behind the chains. Just stuff like that that happened a little too frequently last year, and you saw it a little bit poke up in this game, especially late, and you'll hear a coach in the press conference uh, talk about the fact that, like, late in that fourth quarter is, you know, you're running guys out there. 90-man rosters playing this game, 31 guys not available for the Dolphins in this game. But if you look at the list of guys not available, a lot of guys that will be contributing on Sundays not out there. So you're going into, you know, your entire 90-man roster and getting everybody on the same page with that many players can be difficult uh, in that first preseason game. I thought we saw some of that kind of rear its ugly head there late in the game. Just something to track going forward because the penalties, if they can cut those down, man, this offense, uh, they can be as good as they like. Number five, the ability to finish the game and the stamina. You'll hear Coach again talk about you know guys having a hard time getting back to the huddle at certain points and just trying to get themselves into game shape. It's We, we saw some guys play the pretty much the entire game. I think um, Alamo Yulave, the center from San Diego State, I think he played the entire game, if I'm not mistaken. No Connor Williams, no Dan Feeney, so it would make sense that he did at that center position. Uh, Isaiah Williams out there for a lot of the game tonight as well. And he showed out really well. We'll talk about him in a moment. But I just thought that the stamina to play that full game and then to not finish the game or finish the game the way they did, I thought was just a negative takeaway that you can kind of look at and learn from and get better from hopefully going forward. Those are the five takeaways there. Let's go ahead and come back on the other side here and talk a little bit about some competitions, the quarterback position, hear a lot more from head coach Mike McDaniel. That's all next on the game recap edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Let's go ahead and play some sound here from Coach McDaniel to kick off the second segment of the game recap edition. Dolphins fall to the Atlanta Falcons to go to 0-1 in the preseason by the final of 19-3. A pick six late, a punt return late for six, 0-3 in the red zone. That's the script to lose a football game, the formula to play a losing football as the Dolphins did in this game. Let's go ahead and go to Coach McDaniel who talked about the offensive execution but got more into just the overall theme of the night in terms of competition, fighting for positions on the on the offense, on the defense, and the team in general. Here's head coach Mike McDaniel. Um, I thought, you know, I thought it was a pretty good job in the first half. Um, henceforth, we were in the low red three times, um, and then gave, you know, C fourth downs in preseason games as an opportunity to, you know, see uh, see certain people at the point of attack. Um, Second half, I didn't like the operation at all. Um, you know, the, the compounding variables of, like, uh, guys being ty- more tired than they're used to, getting back to the huddle late, those types of things, I, I did not like at all. Um, you know, I think that there was some real good stuff on the line of scrimmage from the offensive line, particularly in the first half. And there's some, you know, just a lot of things to, to build upon. It's a... Preseason is all about process over results. 
but you learn, you use the results as a teaching tool. So, um, yeah, I think that you have to, <clears throat> you can really learn the hard way and you utilize preseason to uh, see how precious those opportunities you, you get um, in the red zone and how you have to come up with points. Or you can, you know, waste a pretty good effort uh, by the defense, you know, holding that team to six points um, and uh, really, really come together. So there's some good stuff to learn from, and um, I thought there was c certain players that are in heavy competition did some good things that will help them stand out. Uh, and you know, so it's a tale of two halves, really, offensively. And to that point, uh, we'll talk about the quarterback competition here in just a moment, but I, th I thought that one of the guys that Coach alluded to there was Isaiah Wynn, or at least that's my takeaway from it. Because I, the way I watched him and, and Seth commented on it, OJ talked about it in the postgame show, I thought Isaiah Wynn played incredibly fast and fired off the football and really got some surge in the running game, which on those interior three positions, you know, that left guard spot for Wynn in this game, you want to get that knockback and surge in the running game and try to create lanes up the middle to get those big running plays up the middle on your offensive attack. And I thought that when, especially when you factor in what we've heard from coach in the past and offensive line coaches here and offensive coordinators talk about, you know, Frank Smith and, and Butch Berry and obviously Mike McDaniel talk about is playing fast off the ball and the players talk about it and they want to fire off and, and trust the process of, you know, we're going to put you in positions to play fast and, and not worry about the vulnerability that comes with that of making mistakes or overrunning a play or overrunning your block and putting yourself in a bad position and that trust fall that coach talked about for a guy, Isaiah Wynn, who came over from a, a primary gap man scheme in New England and, you know, put his best foot forward on the first game of his career in the Miami Dolphins uniform in this system that does prioritize the way they come off the ball. I thought that was super impressive. Attached to some blocks, got some pancakes, moved guys around, and, and created some lanes. So I thought Isaiah Wynn did really well in his first game as a Miami Dolphin at that left guard spot. The quarterback competition, if you want to call it that, the number two job uh, between Mike White and Skylar Thompson. Now, the statistics, they're not going to do those guys any favor. Let's go ahead and read those off here real quick. So for Skylar in the game, he, of course, played the second half. He was 10 for 16 with 104 yards, uh, two interceptions, and was sacked four times. That was kind of the main takeaway late in the game was, and, and again, Coach will talk about this, was just how difficult it was kind of you know rowing upstream for Skylar Thompson to get anything accomplished with the the pressure bearing down and he talked about it in his post-game press conference as well that he didn't really uh he kind of got confused by a couple of the pressure looks we saw from the Falcons in this game and maybe held the ball a little bit too long and took some of those shots but not his you know best game statistically we saw him really tear it up last preseason but a rough night for him with a 41.7 passer rating and then for Mike White as well 9 for 14 85 yards and a pick and just the one sack but a 51.2 passer rating and I thought Mike missed two throws that were really the difference in his night one was the I mentioned the the uh mesh concept to Braxton Berrios where he you know ran that route over the middle of the field and that fourth down on the end zone going away from the press box uh, in the, I believe that was the first quarter, maybe the second quarter, but right on that direction, uh, there was that mesh concept that he, that Braxton Berrios got free on, and the ball was a little bit back on the back hip, back shoulder area, and that allowed the DB to come over the top after he got beat on the rep initially by Berrios and recover and get a pass break up, and then the throw, uh, the one that was picked off in the end zone, 
again, from Mike White, where he tried to find Tyler Croft. They ran that layers concept where they had a short, intermediate, and deep, and Craycraft went to the corner, and it looked like he came open for a moment, but White tried to jam the ball into a window to Tyler Croft. And I thought the decision was maybe to go to Craycraft, and also the window had kind of tightened up, and he was late on the throw to Croft, and that allowed the DB to peel off of Craycraft and come back down and make that play, gets deflected, and then you know tips in the end zone typically wind up uh, getting caught by somebody in this instance it was the defense so not the best showing for the the quarterbacks but again like you know everything the the, con- the context of all that is really what matters the most in fact coach touched on that in his press conference is it is a results thing what are you looking at in this quarterback competition so far and what'd you make of it here's mike mcdaniel yeah no it's what's important uh to keep in mind is there's a lot of things that go in you don't just look at it like okay Mike did better than Skyler. It's not that. It's much more complicated than that in terms of uh, the opportunities both had. And, you know, Skyler needs an opportunity to play with the same guys that Mike played with, um, which he'll probably get next week. So, they're, you know, I think it's about how people learn, react, and, you know, especially with um, quarterbacks, you have to be very coachable. You know, there's going to be a point where uh, two is going to be taking all the reps, and you better be learning from the things that you did in the preseason and the things that two is learning from. So quite critical in the whole evaluation process is how guys move forward from here. So those are some of the main points I wanted to touch on here. Let's go ahead and take our last break right here and just rip through the list of guys that I was impressed by, some plays that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. Let's go ahead and break the rest of this game down here on the other side of the break. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. A 19-3 preseason opening loss for the Miami Dolphins against the Atlanta Falcons. The next time we're going to be home is week three against the Denver Broncos on September 24th. So a lot of road games coming your way. We're going to have live practice reports on Twitter on the podcast, on the story on MiamiDolphins.com from Houston next week, the game on Saturday, then, of course, Jacksonville week three. And then it's here, man. Football is only 30 days away, so it's coming very quickly down the pipeline here. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the names that I thought stood out in this game. Uh, I I broke them into halves because some of these guys played multiple halves, obviously, but uh, that was easier for me to go that way. So running back Miles Gaskin kind of, I think, is one of the first ones you look at. And just the patience and the vision that he showed, I thought was really reminiscent of 2020 Miles Gaskin when he had that really good year where he was the feature back in this offense, you know, running and catching. Big game for him tonight, that big gain out to the right side where he made a couple of moves, made guys miss, and found open space. Looked like him running through the Apple Cup once again against my Washington State Cougars there for a little bit. Seven carries, 57 yards, that 35-yard long rush also. And then, of course, in the passing game, also had two catches for 20 yards. So uh, 77 yards for Miles Gaskin. Good showing from the veteran running back in this game. I thought that uh, I mentioned Isaiah Wynn. I thought Eric Ezukama was really good. And 
how nice is it when you are on a topic on and on and on and on, and, and Seth and OJ gave me crap for this in the post game show, uh, and then you kind of get confirmation of it quickly after the fact. But Eric Ezukamo with the football in his hands, he can do some stuff now, man. And that's that's his Texas Tech tape. That's kind of what I've felt I've seen out here at training camp, although it's not live and you can't really judge, you know, ball carriers as well. But he's big, he's strong, he took off. That they flashed next gen stats up on the big board at one point in the game and on his 39 yard rush attempt the end of the round that he took he hit a top speed of 20.5 miles per hour on that run so really impressive long speed for a guy that can you know go out and high point the football and just looks just looks like a football player I mean I think that Ezukama's ability to kind of create some space there was a a, a throw to the flat to Devon A chain where Ezukama ran a dig that really was important to hold the attention of the defense vertically to, to open that space underneath. And I thought the way he got into that route and really snapped that thing off took the attention of the DB, who was also concerned about the speed of getting pressed on that vertical route. I thought that Ezukama's route on that play opened up the space for Devon A. Chain. I could be wrong. That's what I saw. But I just think that he looks really sharp in the things that he's doing right now uh, for this football team. I mentioned Braxton Berrios. Uh, you know, Mike White talked about it on the podcast or in his press conference that I played in the podcast I don't know, how, how many days ago was that camp? A week ago, 10 days ago, I don't know. But he talked about the way Braxton is able to, you know, feel soft spots in zone, understand like the lean of defensive backs and where their coverage might be kind of catered towards and how he can pick apart soft spots and just run away from guys in man coverage, which that mesh concept, you know, running away from him, trying to pick a, a rub from the linebacker or from the receiver that you're meshing with in that middle part of the field. We saw that. We saw him pick apart zone coverages, a couple of third down opportunities or a third down conversion and a fourth down opportunity for a touchdown that just didn't happen. But I thought Braxton Berrios really put his best foot forward uh, in that regard. Jalen Twyman got on the board with a sack, but I thought that his best pass rush rep was an assist on a sack, although he didn't get the half. But it was picked up by Mitchell Agude because Jalen Twyman put a little swipe move where the offensive lineman threw his punch and Twyman swiped his hands off and then got around him. Really impressive interior rush. He's pretty strong in that upper body, and he's shown that off so far throughout camp. Didn't love the penalty late. Uh, He tried to get a a touch on the quarterback who slid, put a hand on the head, got a a 15-yard penalty can't do that. Uh, that was a mistake late in the game. But overall, nice performance by Jalen Twyman. Mentioned Deshaun Hands showing here, showing up, you know, last week or earlier in the week and showing up and having an impact and playing so many snaps. Speaks to his conditioning. Was impressed by the showing that he had. Garrett Nelson had a sack and it was pure effort, which is exactly what he is. The uh, edge rusher from Nebraska who got on the upfield shoulder leaned into the rusher and just bent that arc and worked and worked and worked to get an impressive sack in his NFL debut. I thought Noah Igbenogany, you know, minimal reps, but really showed you, again, the things that he's been showing us in camp that I think have improved, the instincts, the feel, and just the understanding of how to play within the structure of the defense and not necessarily just like, okay, I'm in cover three, go cover the the deep portion, the deep third of the field. Like, I think he has a better understanding of how to adapt the coverage based upon what is happening in front of him. And he had a ball that was caught on him, but he was in great shape for it. And he, you know, flipped the hips, drove out of the back pedal, and, and really showed you the explosive movement that made him a first-round pick a few years back. I thought Elijah Campbell had a really good rep coming from depth from that safety position, flowing downhill and making a big tackle uh, in the backfield. And then Channing Tindall, man. I think there's going to be ups and downs with Tindall as he kind of gets more and more football under his belt. Just played like 400-something snaps on defense at Georgia. Only played a few snaps last year. It's going to take some time, especially in a new defense, for him to get fully comfortable and play at that full speed. But when you see him go 
man, he goes. He he was also on that next-gen leaderboard for fastest runs. He was up pushing towards 20 miles an hour as well. So I was impressed by Tyndall, and I didn't even notice this until Seth brought it up in the postgame show, but he had quite a night in the box score as well. How many tackles was it? Ten total tackles, and it had a sack in the game as well. Pretty impressive from the second-year linebacker. And I, I keep looking at you know the, the rookie report here, like A-Chain had a really impressive game with the way that he caught the ball and, and ran the ball as well, and I thought that uh, he showed you the speed and space. Uh, OJ mentioned the toughest between the tackles that he displayed. The stats didn't jump off the page at you with Devon A-Chain, but he sure uh, just kind of proved, I think, some of the things that folks wanted to see in terms of toughness between the tackles. He had four catches for 41 yards, and one of those was a big first down conversion on third down where he took a pop over the middle of the field and uh, got right back up. So toughness from that young man and just the, the rookie class, man. The rookie class plus the guys from last year who we heard from Chris Greer and Marvin Allen say that the idea behind drafting those guys was a little bit more of a two-year projection than expecting rookie year impact. And we heard Wes Welker talk about Ezukama feeling more comfortable in the system this year and for Tyndall learning a new system, but he's playing faster, it looks like, at training camp. So getting these young guys that are going to be important pieces to round out the backside of your roster to complement, you know, Tyreek and Jalen and Tua and Teron and all these, you know, star players that you have, those guys are going to be vital pieces to give you, you know, good quality production throughout the course of the roster and give you depth. And I think that they showed tonight they can be guys that can contribute, you know, down the road for your team. So those are the guys in the first half I noticed. The second half, I got to start with another rookie here, a, a couple of guys actually, and Cam Smith and Keedron Smith. I thought that Cam Smith had one of the best reps I've seen really, again, from a, a rookie cornerback in this team in a long time. And it's what I've been seeing all training camp long, where he was after making a great tackle for loss after Josiah Bronson got penetration to force a, a running back to bubble down in the red zone. Here comes Cam Smith from, you know, from depth and comes down and makes a big play in the backfield. Kind of got shooken up, had to leave the game after the series, but he didn't that didn't stop him from making a play on the very next snap where Keedron Smith gets a pass breakup, and it's very impressive from Keedron Smith. But the way that I saw Cam Smith react to that play, where they ran like a little seven-flat combination, a corner route and a flat route, trying to put the two DBs in peril on that side of the field. And Keedron got over the top to make the pass breakup. But you saw Cam Smith really sink into that cloud part and and pass off the flat route. Like, he's not going to hurt me here on third and goal. I can get depth and go impact the corner route. And he damn near got a pick out of that play. So he got, you know, one more step. That might be an interception going back the other way. So Cam Smith, I thought, was very impressive in this game. Also had a pass breakup earlier that just shows you the speed and instincts. And he looks the part, man. Let's go ahead and hear from Mike McDaniel on what he liked from his rookie cornerback in this game. Yeah, no, the, I saw Cam as you'd want to see him, which is letting it go and um, trying to make some plays in the ball. You know, he was being, uh, I saw him get involved a couple times. His energy was good. Um, and, you know, before looking at the tape, it, it felt like he was the competitor we were looking for um, from him. So I was, I was happy with what he was doing out there. But, again, we got to dive into that tape, which will be fun stuff tomorrow. Mentioned Keedron Smith, couple of plays in the football and coverage. He just kind of been a playmaker since he got down here. Uh, had the pick six in practice the other day, and I believe he was the scooper on the strip from Noah Igbenogany to take it back for a touchdown as well. So big plays from Keedron Smith. I mentioned Josiah Bronson had a couple of plays. Big fan of Elijah Higgins' game. Had that nice catch where he ran a, a route and a broken play where Skylar Thompson scrambled, and he had eyes back to the quarterback. And the minute Skylar started to flee, Higgins came right back to the quarterback. They then schemed him open for a completion in the flat right after that that I thought was really impressive. So big fan of Elijah Higgins' game. And uh, he had that holding call, which, you know, get that ironed out. But I think that he really showed you 
kind of what he's capable of here in this first game. Brandon Peely has amazing power on the interior. That was some impressive work at that defensive tackle position, especially on that tackle for loss where he stacked it, strung it out, peaked the running back, shed the block, and made the tackle. Impressive stuff there from the rookie. And then Chris Brooks, another rookie, the running back from BYU. He's he's a physical guy, isn't he, man? Like he was he was dropping the shoulder, putting it down on some guys, and, and really running through some tackles to the tune of five carries for 24 yards, you know, four and a half yards per rush. The Dolphins averaged six yards per carry in this game. So the running game certainly found its footing. And again, the stats favored Miami, but the critical plays favored the Falcons in a big, big way. Some things that I thought were, you know, could be corrected was a couple of sacks early in the game were on some boot rolls where the tight end had it like a, a green dog blitz to pick up. And that's a, a sign where a green dog blitz when the defender, you know, IDs a, a guy that he's covering or staying in protection. They stay in protection. They're going to go ahead and blitz them. And on these bootlegs, we saw both Eric Saubert and Julian Hill miss blocks that led to sacks in the quarterback. Those are things I think you can get ironed out, which is a little bit of teaching and like a little bit of a, put it on tape and now you see it and hopefully don't make the same mistake twice there. I thought the, uh, Two-sequence play on James Tunstall, who I thought had some good blocks in the game. The rookie tackle, a, a couple of penalties back-to-back were, were killers in that game. Late-game pass protection, I thought had some issues off the right side there. There was a couple of plays where it looked like Lester Cotton and Keon Smith kind of got crossed up, so get that stuff sorted out in practice here going forward. Uh, Aubrey Miller, I think, is often in good positions to make plays, but there was a couple of tackles he overran this game. I thought Mike Rose was similar in terms of how he was able to get in position to make plays, just couldn't quite finish them. But these are things to look at to say, like, we can take these and learn from them and get better next time around. So all in all, you know, not a pretty game, a lot to, to grow from, some performances that I think people want to have back a little bit there. But all in all, it's preseason football. We got a chance to watch the Dolphins play, and I had a good time, had a good time doing the postgame show and bringing this podcast to you guys as well. So that's the, the wrap-up show. Uh, no podcast tomorrow. going to be back with you guys on Sunday for another show back here at Dolphins Camp, and then we'll uh, hit the next week running again with the Houston Texans, be in Houston for those joint practices, and then, of course, the game on Saturday. So that's the podcast. In the meantime, you all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, tuned in, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with my guys Seth and OJ, bringing you that podcast every single Tuesday. You do not want to miss that. The YouTube channel for media availabilities, Dolphins Today, Drive Time, and Fish Tank content, and so much more. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline and Cameron, Daddy's coming home.